You're listening to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship of Minute. Are you worried about noise complaints and unauthorized parties or smoking in your rentals? Meet Minute, your peace of mind solution. Minute sensors discreetly monitor noise levels, occupancy, and even detect cigarette smoke, all while respecting guest privacy. Easy to install and manage from anywhere, Minute integrates seamlessly with your smart home devices and enhancing the guest experience while ensuring your property's safety. Say goodbye to sleepless nights and hello to happy neighbors and guests. Protect your investment with Minute. Check the link in the description of this episode to find Minute in our virtual vendor showcase. Without further ado, let's get this episode started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. In today's episode, I'm joined by my former business partner and good friend, Craig White. You'll hear how I met up with the founder of Canada's first vacation rental listing site back in 1999 and started up a business that kept us in coffee and donuts for over two decades. There's a few stories along the way. Some of them we've never shared before. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Happy New Year. It's 2024. Hard to believe it's nearly two years now since I sold the business. Well, it'll be two years in June. And it was around two years ago today that we put the business up on the market and started to get interest in it. And I I do remember very clearly those few months, the January, February, March of 2022, where it got very, very busy interviewing lots of prospective business owners and then finally deciding on the people that we really, really wanted to sell our company to. And boy, did we make the right decision. You've heard me talk about this before. But anyway, can't believe that that's two years ago. And I've had plenty of time to reflect back on all the years that I was in this business. Of course, I still am in this business, but uh, not anymore in the manage- on the management side. But you often hear people who've been in the industry quite a few years say, you couldn't make this stuff up. And one day I'm going to write a book about it. And in the 20 years I co-managed Cottage Link Rental Management, there were so many of those days and a lot of stories. We dealt with all manner of things. We dealt with all manner of animals, from bears and squirrels to raccoons and skunks. I'll never forget the call from a guest on the morning of their departure to tell us their dog had been left on the deck while they packed up. And the dog surprised a skunk that was living under said deck. The dog freaked out at being sprayed, ran into the cottage, and by the time the owner was able to corral the dog, it had brushed against every piece of soft furnishing in the place. That was one crazy day. Then there was the goose that died on a cottage lawn and so traumatised the guests inside the home that they refused to venture outside until it had been removed. That was a few long hours while we tracked down someone to bag up the remains, by which time a raccoon had actually come along and done most of the work anyway. That one resulted in a request for a complete refund for the whole week that the guest was not able to enjoy their stay, even though they'd been there five days. We had bats and we had mice and a guest who made friends with a squirrel that came through a hole in the ceiling. There were complaints about goose poop and mosquitoes and noisy frogs. And there were great owners and not so great owners, brilliant guests and those we would never want to see again. I remember a neighbour complaint about a guest who had peed off the end of the dock in full view of the neighbour and his family. And it was made all the more interesting when it was revealed that the guest was the ex-chief of staff to a cabinet minister. Yes, we could write a book. Or we could do a podcast about all the stories that abound in our industry. I want you to stay tuned to the end of this episode 
because I'm going to be asking for story contributions from you and your chance to come on the show to tell them. But today I'm joined by my former business partner and good friend, Craig White, to share some more of our stories and talk about what we learned from 20 years in this business, what we would do differently if we started up again, which incidentally, neither of us intend to do, and generally will reflect on the whole experience. So without further ado, let's move on over to my conversation with Craig. Well, I'm super delighted to have with me today my ex, my former business partner of 20 years at Cottage Link Rental Management, Craig White. Craig, it's always lovely to see you. We haven't actually been together in person for a few months, so it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, a great intro. I, re- I recall you saying a number of times that uh, a business partnership was like a marriage. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> With good things and bad things, and fortunately, uh, you know, ours uh, ended very amicably. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot of aspects I miss about it, uh, for sure. There's uh, a lot of those morning coffee chats, just uh, just see what was on the docket for the day. And you know, when you think about, it, we did that for I don't know how long we were using Skype and Slack, but close to twenty years of pretty much every day. Okay, what's what's happening? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. And you just to sort of frame it for our listeners, we lived three, four hours apart for probably 17 of those years. Yeah. 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 So it was only in the last three years that you moved up just half an hour from me, which which was such a shame because it was so nice when, you were, when we were that close. <laughs> and we could just... Well, then, then we had COVID and we couldn't anyway. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Yeah, I just I I did enjoy that when we could just you know you cycle over and then we'd meet up for coffee. Yeah. But yes, yes, twenty years of remote chats and and you're absolutely right. I think you you, you know Phil, my husband, for many years of of our marriage, he went away for six months. I probably probably spent more time with you <laughs> in twenty years. <laughs> And yes, of course, we we did part company when we sold sold the company very amicably. And that's really why I wanted to do this, because we haven't really had this opportunity, have we, just to have a real chat about that whole experience. Because it's been, I was just said in the introduction that two years ago at this time, we were just starting to get all that interest in the company and then did all those interviews. And, and I don't know where all this time has, time has gone. But you are still with Cottage Link Rental Management. So so what's your role with them now? Well, we had, um, as you're aware, when people buy businesses from you know, proprietors or partners, um, there's usually a, a period of, of overlap and transition. And I think that was something that we both wanted, like uh, you and I as partners and the buyers of the business. And um, we wanted to see it proceed in a manner that that we were looking for and you know as you, you alluded to the fact that we talked to a lot of people and that we wanted to ensure that the, the buyers had a lot of shared vision with us that our staff was going to be respected and and kept on and their world wasn't going to be turned on its head because you know we had um, you know they were our, as as much a, a family as, as anything as well and and still are um, you know so so I've, I've continued to do the things that I've really liked in the business and that's going out and talking to owners and doing photography and doing cottage visits um, that was always my my favorite mm-hmm. bit now I, it's it's all I have to do uh, which is really great um, I, I don't have to do any of the the things that I found less pleasant um, like dealing with the odd angry guest or angry owner. And I can, but uh, when you don't have skin in the game, yeah. as, as they say, it doesn't create the same level of stress. When when the buck isn't stopping here, it, it gives you a little more leeway to deal with the situation in a, in a less uh, uh, stressful ethos. So um, I've I've just really in, enjoyed this time because I, it's not full time; um, mm-hmm. it's sort of hours when they're needed. And and then I do some. Um, you know, I get on the phone with the new owner periodically and we'll, we'll talk for a couple hours at a time just about how the business is going and, and thoughts and, and any challenges that they face and what I think of them and what might be a good strategy and how to handle them. So from that aspect, I've got the best of all the worlds right now. 
I don't know how long that will go, but right now I'll, I'll ride it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's funny because I, I, I was able just to walk away after, I, th- I think, three, four months. <laughs> just say, mm. okay, I don't think you, you need me anymore. And it was uh, sort of mutually agreed that I could I could step away. And you know, I think about the staff a lot. I th- and and still, you know, I'm still connected with most of them. And it was I have to say, it was only two months ago that I finally took myself off the Slack channel <laughs> because yeah, you know, I mean, we we love the you know the, the new owners of of the company, Justin and, and Pete. And and I know a lot of people listening have met Pete. He's he was. He's been at uh, conferences and has certainly made himself known because everybody I talked to said, oh, yeah, I've met, I've met the people who bought your company. <laughs> and they've just done a fantastic job. And, I, and, and, and certainly that, that, I know that that was something that, that we wanted to be assured of at the outset was that our staff would be looked after. And everybody stayed and seems like not only are they happy, but they're really thriving I think so. Um, you know, talking to a, a few of them, seeing them take on some some new roles. It's funny because you you mentioned, uh, well, they they don't need me anymore. I can I can back away. I, I that's probably true for me too. I just don't want to believe it. You know, I think I think <laughs> I'm still of the opinion. No, I I'm I'm the guy you need to have me around to do this. But but in truth, they don't. You know, I find less and less uh, things that I'll see in a Slack channel that I would have jumped in on. Even a year ago, even you know the six in the six months, the six months after we sold the company, I would have been all over. Now it's no, I I don't need to get into into those. And, and as a matter of fact, it's probably not advisable for me to to get into that because you know they, as you say, they're all thriving and growing, and uh, yeah, they probably don't really need that. What they they need me to do is just the stuff that I've been doing, and uh, yeah. no more, no less type thing. So yeah, it's. It's it's satisfying, and at the same time, you know, there's there's parts of it that I miss. I miss not being you know in the game, you know, fully some mm-hmm. days. But that's the the wheel of life, as they say. Well, let's step back a little. Let's go step back a little. Let's step back a lot. Just think about when we started out, which was twenty uh, twenty two thousand three. I think two thousand three. I mean, you and I had been going for a few years. We had be- the first discussions. I mean, we even before that, when I was running Clearwater Holidays back in England, and that's when we first met because mm-hmm. we were Clearwater Holidays was marketing Ontario cottages to the British tourist and travel market, and we needed properties to do that with. And of course, you had the very first listing site in Canada. Was in. Was it in first listing site all the way across Could Canada? Could well have been. Could well have been. Yeah, I mean, there, there had there there was a couple of um, hard copy directories. Yeah. Um, I think Tyler's was one that I I don't even know if they're around in any way, shape, or form anymore. But that was sort of the the printed one, and that you know the, we went to the the website. But the, that that website built in the nineties, you know, it was was cobbled together with Notepad and HTML. That was the extent of the tool set and and uh, a scanner here and there. And owners would send in photographs for scanning. You, you for, forget how much the world has changed in the time that we had that business. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there wasn't such a thing as a cell phone camera. And most people didn't even have digital cameras. And and heck, maybe half people had internet. I think when 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 I started the business, it, you know, there's, it was still all dial-up. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so we had to optimize the photos because you didn't want photos more than you know fifteen or twenty k because they take too long to download, and you had to limit the number of photos on a listing to two or three. You know? So everything's so different. Yeah, just the the tech was all in its infancy, and figuring out how the industry was was going to adapt to that. When I was talking about cell phones, I remember a few years into our business, maybe 2005, 2006, when we started using cell phones regularly and being out on the road doing a, a cottage shoot and somebody phoning from the office. Saying, <laughs> I oh, remember that. Owner in the air. <laughs> and we thought this was the cat's pajamas because we could react so quickly. You know, just a half hour away, I can now drive over and see this cottage um, stuff that we take for granted now, totally for granted, was was just 
huge news back in the day. And, you know, I'm starting to sound old when saying <laughs> things like back in the day. But hey, you know, getting up there anyway, I'd, I'll, I'll, I'll wear that. Wait, but it's not that long ago, really. No. And no. It, it's just um, that that's well, it depends who- speed of change. Yeah. Yeah. And over the lifetime of business. And you look what's happening now with AI coming into the business. And, you know, all those things that we had to adapt or adopt in, in one way, shape, or form or, or go out of business. I think that's still happening and maybe happening even, even great at a greater pace now. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're not seeing what AI can do for you, if you're not um, you know, exploring the advantages of a, of a lot of the new technical platforms that are, are coming out every year and changing every year, you can fall behind in a real hurry. And then you, you combine that with regulatory changes. And it's, it's a challenging business right now. Um, you, you definitely have to be on top of your game. Yeah, I sometimes wonder, you know, there was said when the internet came and all this technology, it was going to be so much better and save so much time and become less stressful. And in fact, in yeah. fact, it's, it's, it is pretty much the opposite. And of course, as you said, regulations, the, it was real Wild West when we started out. It's, you know, you could do anything anywhere, couldn't you? Pretty much, um, you know. I mean, I remember seeing it, even some of the cottages that we we'd go see because because that's changed a lot too. Just the, the the nature of of the summer cottage, you know. Even when we started the business, some of those first properties um, probably don't even exist anymore. I remember going to see a property and talking to the owner about his septic system, and it and he'd cobbled it together out of two oil tanks. <laughs> the stuff that you know, would make you th- uh, throw up your hands now and and just say, but. All the the MacGyvering of of cottage infrastructure that happened in the seventies and eighties and and was still around then things that we had to deal with um, uh, and we transitioned you know the the phrase that we both learned to hate was it's just a cottage mm-hmm. you know from owners because that's in the seventies and eighties it was just a cottage it was where furniture went to die as as, as we said and. Uh, transformed that part of the business has transformed as well i mean the, the cottage i went to see today was this magnificent new build nicer than any home that i'll ever own and yet it's you know it's somebody's second property they're not building three bedroom rustic viceroys anymore or- yeah i remember talking about this you know back in 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 the early 2000s you know talking about this whole concept of going on a vacation to a cottage and Guests were so much more forgiving then because they were just happy to have solid walls and a roof and and they felt really, really fortunate if they had a TV with rabbit ears. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this have no clue what I just said. I have no idea what I meant. <laughs> the TV with rabbit ears. <laughs> yeah, that and that's and you didn't really get anything. Um maybe if you lived <laughs> You might get a station or two. Same with radio. I mean, there just wasn't wasn't as much. And and the concept of being away, of of truly away. Like we, I was talking with this about Car- with Carrie last week. When when you would go on vacation, you were away. Mm-hmm. You nobody heard from you for a week or two weeks, and you could have been, you know, lost in the woods. Nobody knew, you know. But nobody was worried about it either because you weren't checking in. Now, you know, I, I know. You know, we're driving down to Texas. You were checking in with the kids. How are things going today? And if they didn't hear from you for 24 hours, like, oh, is, some, is everything okay? It just wasn't like that. You you took off. You you locked the door. You left the office. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected to see you. And people just assumed that you would be okay, I guess. I mean, yeah. an, another of these, these expectations was about cleanliness and... Mm-hmm. When we started, I remember going to see one owner who who said that he checked his, he he made his cottage ready at the beginning of the season, and then he went back at the end of the season to do the cleaning. And can you imagine that happening these days? Because you know the, well, the those expectations of of what a property a vacation rental should be like have changed just phenomenally. You know, as I said, people used to be very forgiving. It was it was just somewhere to go and vacate, to sleep. And it didn't matter if you're sleeping on creaky old 
bed with grandma's old mattress and a and a ratty old comforter and you remember those as well and and now of course and i'm sure the cottage you went to today personifies what guest expectations are now oh very much so very much so and the other thing is is what people paid for those (laughs) cottages you know there's there's nothing under a thousand dollars a weekend well nothing under two thousand really and yet I think when I started renting cottages with our kids back in the early 90s, I think the first one we rented was $250 for the week. But again, it came with the $250 set of expectations. Yes. Um, <laughs> but everybody was fine with that, you know, the owners and, and guests. And, and the, the, that was the standard cabin rental. Um, you know, even in movies, you, you'd see the, you know, the, I remember seeing this in a movie someplace in Quebec and the, the owner would go up and open it up in April and, and then he'd, he'd go back in October to close it down and, and guests got what they got depending on how clean the previous guests left it. Yeah. Um, this, this happened even in terms of, uh, you know, guests sort of had got caught in that mentality too. Cause I, I think we had that cottage one of the early years and the first guest in there was saying, oh, we'll leave the ketchup and mustard behind for the next guests and of course the next guests get in there and saying well this must belong to the owner we'll buy our own and then sort of everybody having that same idea so at the end of the summer there's six ketchup six mustard six relishes (laughs) that nobody wants to touch because they don't know where where it's been and it all winds up in the dumper yeah i still have that conversation with people these days about you know what what should we leave in terms of foodstuffs in cupboards because I, I remember going I remember going to one place and in, in those days most of our owners were using their properties a lot. So they would just clear out for a week or two and rent it out for those couple of weeks when they weren't there. And of course left absolutely everything. So cupboards would be absolutely jam packed of stuff. And that of course is just you wouldn't even imagine that these days. And certainly in places across yeah. the US, in some states, you cannot leave anything, not a, not even salt and pepper. I, and is this uh, like liability? And, yeah. And yeah. It's safety li- concerns? It is liability and safety concerns. So if you leave, you know, you certainly don't leave any opened condiments or anything like that. Because I, I do remember those times of, of, of going in at the, to do a changeover in my own place and opening the fridge and there's, there's just a dozen or so half-empty bottles of condiments and thinking, well, should I throw these out? And I'm sure at the beginning of my journey in this, I probably didn't. I probably left them in the fridge and let people use them, but wouldn't do it now. But yes, there's there's some states where it is um, prohibited to leave anything open. Unlike the beer fairies. You remember the beer fairies? (laughs) This was on... uh this is on the, the Moon River pro- property. It was, was a boat access cottage. And the owner, we, we got a call from the guests saying that they had been out and they came back and there was beer in the fridge that wasn't there when they left. <laughs> but nothing else had been touched. And this, this was a big mystery. Like, like how, does, I mean, I'm thinking, how do we get this to happen at our place? Like, <laughs> you know, what's, what's the formula? But it turned out the owner had gone up, missed the changeover day, thinking that the changeover was, they had just got a day ahead in their head. So they went up a day before they were supposed to with their own things. And just the only thing that they had, had bought, brought with them was a beer. So they left it in the fridge and they discovered when they were there that they were too early. So they just dropped in. Nobody was around. They left the beer in the fridge and put a note on saying, oh, enjoy a few if you like. And then then left again, only to come back the next day to do the changeover. But didn't say... Of course, that they were there. They did. The only evidence was the beer in the fridge. So we still refer to it as the beer fairies. <laughs> yeah, never came Which across is way that. Way better than Santa Claus when you think of it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. Yes, we had some stories. We 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 always said we could write a book, and I think and and I hear hear this from so many other people in the industry. I want to know what your best story ever is. That's that's tough because there was a lot of good ones. Now we had, I, I think one of it, it's not a sort of a, an individual story, but one of the, the most enjoyable things I that we did over the years, and I won't mention the name of the guest, but we awarded an a- annual 
sort of mock prize, similar to an Oscar, to in, named in honor of this guest who called us every day of to complain about something either minor or bizarre. And everyone in the, in the company, I think there was you, myself, Sandra, maybe Caitlin at the time, there were maybe four of us, but every, and, and Phil, of course, got to talk to this person over the course of the week and, and deal with some of her episodes. But the one that I think caught us all when she call, called and said there was a chipmunk in the cottage and she demanded that we come and evict it. And those, <laughs> those were her words. <laughs> I remember it well. <laughs> Yeah, so so let's call her Karen. It just because it <laughs> seems to be a <laughs> maybe she was an early Karen, but uh, subsequently at our end of end end of uh, summer luncheon with our staff, we would always do a mock presentation of the Karen for the the guest with some of the most ridiculous issues of the of the year. So that was always a, a little. I always enjoyed that. It was something that was fun and and it helped us laugh at things that mm-hmm. would have been stressful at the time but uh you know just oh here's another uh another candidate for for this year's Karen award winner i always I apologize to the karens out there <laughs> i always remember the one and i think it was one of one of the that that little property down on um lake erie it was one of yours could have been erie shores no no the um oh but tiny little place thinking time Tiny little place. It was um, one that had the outflow out onto the into the lake, because people yeah. would comment on that one. Um, but uh, that was one where there was a couple in there, and the guest complained from the moment they arrived, and the fridge broke down. Do you remember that? The fridge broke down. Oh, right. right. And and the Probably owner. The summer. Doorway to summer, that's the one. And it, so we the fridge, still have that one, yeah. fridge broke down and the owner said, I'm so sorry, I will do something about this. I will get you a replacement fridge. So he delivered a replacement fridge and that was sort of okay for her. And then the following day she called and was it air conditioning? She said it was too hot. She was too hot and the air conditioning wasn't working. And we said, well, it didn't have air conditioning. So it wasn't advertised as having air conditioning. However, the owner went out and bought a little air conditioning unit and he delivered it to the property. And then she complained that the owner had woken her up at 9.30 in the morning <laughs> delivering this to unit. To deliver something. To deliver something to, uh, to make her, her life easier. I think, that was, I think that was the moment when Phil was instructed never to talk to guests again because he did talk to her and I'm not sure if he actually called her princess but I know he did say something about don't not forgetting your tiara on the way out and that was the that was the moment we said we said okay you never talk to a guest again and and he did not <laughs> well we we had often joked that and I mean we should preface this with the fact that 99.9% of guests are wonderful. <laughs> they right? were. I mean, it's just, it's, if, when you're, when you're doing 15, 16, 1700 bookings a year and, and we're pulling out a few stories, they're, they're by far the exception rather than the rule, but that's what makes them so much fun. And I, I remember that one for sure, because <laughs> I was, I remember that I was heading off on my annual bike trip because that was a, that was a Labor Day weekend. Yes. Yeah. And, and. And you texted me because I, I was happened to be riding very close to that place, and you said, "Don't go anywhere near." It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we we often joke that we would, you know, before we ended, you know, our time with the company, that we both would allow ourselves to go off on one guest or one owner, just to let loose all the. <laughs> <laughs> the closest I ever heard you to losing it with a guest was somebody had phoned and you know we we told everybody what was in the cottage and as you say you know we didn't advertise air conditioning on on that one but somebody had phoned and said i can't find the dishwasher <laughs> and your reply was did you leave him in the car <laughs> <laughs> oh yes yes i can't find the dishwasher yes there's no dishwasher 
I can't believe there's a dish. There's no dishwasher. Well, there's no dishwasher on the listing, but you can't advertise a property without a dishwasher. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. Yes, use the one that was in the car and <laughs> perhaps drove you there. We're just going to take a short break from this interview to hear from our sponsor, Minute. Nathan Smith, the head of Enterprise Sales North America, answers some of the most common questions asked about the product. So welcome back, Nathan. We all want to be responsible operators, but sometimes overcrowding can happen in a property without our knowing about it. Minute has a solution for this called Crowd Detect. Can you tell us about that and how it works? Right. Yes. While most people do go straight to the idea of noise detection, our Crowd Detect feature actually might be just as valuable in stopping noise or a party. So Minute has a feature that detects the number of Bluetooth devices in your rental. So based on your expected expected occupancy, there would be a threshold for the expected number of devices. Now that's rarely one-to-one, right? Most people may have more than one device when they rent your property. So for a rental of four, we may expect something like eight to 10 devices. But if suddenly the number of Bluetooth devices detected is showing as something like 25, for instance, or any number over that threshold, we'll send you an alert. And in many cases, this will give you the opportunity to potentially stop a party or a noisy issue before it even begins. Uh, so the goal here isn't to detect one extra person and relate specifically to over-occupancy by one, but rather a, a tool that, that helps you to know if there's a crowd forming. And I think it's helpful because there are some tools out there that may do something similar, but often require you to log into the Wi-Fi. In this case, we don't. It's simply counting Bluetooth devices. So if you've actually got a party happening and people are gathering at such a number that they're no longer asking for the Wi-Fi password, they're still counted. So stop the party before it starts with the crowd detect feature. Thank you. I I was at... um ResFest a few years ago and talking to people and and one of the common threads was trying to get people to read something was next to impossible like mm-hmm. you, you had to you know, just getting information to guess like you need to read this but it doesn't happen things like what date to check in or the address of the property <laughs> which is a great <laughs> segue you can take <laughs> Well, there's a couple, you know, I remember you know, Phil and I on a, on a Sunday evening and we we rarely had Sunday check-ins. So it was a Sunday evening and we were at home and, you know, our office was in the basement, but we weren't down there. We were sitting, I think we were sitting out on the deck and, and having a beer or two and, and just enjoying the fact that it was nice and quiet. And we heard a car come up the road. And then I thought, well, you know, this is, we're, we're really out in a rural area and no, and we were on a dead end road. So who's anybody driving up is coming to, to our place. So I went out, out, out of the door to see this van outside and it's packed with people and the guy gets out and he says, hello. And I said, yeah, hello. How can I help you? And he said, well, we're here. okay I can see that you're here but why are you here well we've rented this house and and I said no you this you're you're incorrect we've got a an issue here because this is my house he said no I've got the address here this is this is we've rented this for a week and I said well and he's he's showing me some paperwork our paperwork and and it's booking confirmation and he's pointing to the tiny little footer at the bottom of this. He said, look, here's the address. And I said, yeah, that, that's our office address. The, the address you should be at is the one that's in very large letters at the top of this piece of paper that you're holding with the picture of the property, which looks nothing like the one that you're sitting outside right now. And that, that, was, that was difficult. He had given this information, this booking confirmation information to a, a nephew. 
and because he didn't know how to set up his navigation system. So he asked his nephew to put the address into his GPS. So the nephew took the address from the footer of this piece of paper and put it in his GPS. Now, this family had got in their vehicle and they had driven two and a half hours in the opposite direction of the location that their cottage, that the cottage they actually booked was. They were going to the Bruce Peninsula, which is a, it's a wonderful vacation area about three hours north of Toronto. We were in a little village, not necessarily a great, it was, it was beautiful, but um, not as nice as the Bruce, two and a half hours east of Toronto. So there's five, six, maybe seven people in this van. And this, and it's seven o'clock in the evening. And, you know, what do we do with these people? <laughs> you know, I'm not letting them, they're not coming in my house. So, um, so we did, uh, we, we had a little discussion and we, we sent them on the way in the right direction. And he was, he was okay with that. He understood that this, this mistake had been made. And, and he said, okay, so, so how far do I have to drive? I said, well, five and a half hours from here. And you'll go past your house on the way. That was the, I, I remember that so well. And but I, the <laughs> thing that always struck me about that is at what point, I mean, you, you, the sun is in, sets in the West and you know you're heading West and you're driving away from the sun for more than, at what do you not, what point do you not question mm-hmm. where you're going? Um, I, I, I think when I'm, when I'm going somewhere, you know, I've, I've already mapped everything out. I've, I've, looked at, I've, I've looked at Google Maps. I've, I've seen exactly where I'm going. Um, but, of course, you know, we, we, we dealt with so many different people, a lot of new Canadians – people who hadn't been in the country for that long. And it was this rite of passage to go to a cottage on vacation. So I completely understood. I mean, this was many years ago. And I think, I think now I would have probably dealt with it in a different way. I think I might have been a bit more empathetic with their dilemma. I've just watched Will Gidara, who wrote Unreasonable Hospitality, deliver a presentation and when when I was thinking about talking to you about this and I thought would I have done any could you know what sort of unreasonable hospitality could I have delivered to this family of seven or eight or ten I I don't know how many were in that van could I have dealt with that differently would you have dealt with it differently as you say there's there's very little you can do (laughs) um you know it's 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 a mistake and but you've you've got nothing really to offer them i mean you could say okay everybody out of the van stay here and you're going tomorrow but i mean that's 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 a big ask when yeah it is a five-hour drive i mean i as i recall we we called up the owner and we said yeah your guests are going to be late they this is what's happened um and i you know probably probably some things that 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 uh we could do um maybe maybe offer them a a meal along the way or something mm-hmm. like that um you know that uh it's it's not on us but we can make it better for them like yeah yeah i mean it might, i mean that the mistake is not on us the meal might be on us but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah i when I think back, I think maybe I could have said, you know, they've been in the car for two and a half hours, you know, come in and use our facilities and then off you go and here's a nice place to stop and have a meal. Just sit down, relax, uh, have a meal and then drive the rest of your four and a half hours or whatever there is. Or maybe even go back home and stay overnight and try again the following day. But, you know, coming back on this this whole issue of people not reading things, uh, because there were other stories of people arriving a day early or arriving a week early. Week early. Yes, when you've got those, two families those. arriving at the same time. Yeah, that's happened. That happened this year again, too. Yeah? Um, it happened up at, ter- at, uh, at Terriwell, a very expensive property. You know, somebody in the family books a vacation and just just looks at the dates wrong somehow. And I guess just in their head, you, you, you go down that tangent of planning for a week and it takes sort of one mistake. So you don't really do that double check, right? You say, I'm going to book this week and then maybe something happens somewhere that no, I'm going to book the next week. 
there's a disconnect. And this is what happened. We had two families book. And I mean, when we first get the call, it's always like, oh, it's it, it gets all your um, all your stress levels shoot up because, you know, you did we make this mistake? Did we double book somebody? And, you know, fortunately with the, the booking systems that, that are in place now, that's a, almost impossible to do. And of course, the, the first reaction, I think the normal reaction of a guest is to utter blame on the, the, the place that rented them cottage, rented them the cottage saying that they, they made the mistake. And fortunately we've got the paper trails of here is your booking. Here is the dates. Here is, here is the reply to your notes asking about the dates. Here is the reply to that reply that you replied to with <laughs> and all the email chains. Um, because you would never want to get into that discussion of whose mistake it was, but that's a really tough one because there really isn't, a whole lot to do in them. But the problem is they've booked their week off mm-hmm. and, and they don't have a cottage. Um, so, and, and the worst part is they've paid for it because it's, unless we can re-rent that following week, which, and I yeah. think we did in one case, mm-hmm. fortunately, but unless you can do that, they're not only out their vacation week, they're out for a week's worth of cottage rental, unless the owner is, is willing to, Mm-hmm. You know, be a very nice guy about it, um, but those are those are tough to deal with. And yeah, it, it, a lot of it depends on I think on how the the guest react, like comes to the table with it. Okay, I remember the the people that arrived a day early at uh, the place down in like here on down by Sarnia there, and just called up the caretaker and ripped into them for not having the place cleaned and ready for their arrival. And that the poor ter- caretaker, almost in tears, called us and asked what's happening and then telling these people that, no, you weren't due for another 24 hours, which is normally the time that the cleaner and caretaker go in there and, and do that. Um, so those are, I think those are the ones that are a little tougher to have any sympathy mm-hmm. for the guest is like, you, you made the mistake and then you started yelling. <laughs> That's... <laughs> They, they're, 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 I mean, for those ones are forever the, the fodder for stories in, in my mm-hmm. mind, right? But the ones that come back and, you know, say, yeah, we, we, we made the mistake. What can you do to help us? That's, you know, I think that, that sets a whole different tone. Yeah. Um, it certainly taught, the whole think, thing taught me a lot about how, how I react to situations and, how, you know, that, that knee-jerk reaction you have. And I think now, after all these years, I'm much more likely just to count to 10 and just evaluate the situation before leaping in. And and I never shouted anyway, but, but, but before getting angry or irritated, now I will do a little bit of reflection on, you know, what the situation actually is before I take that action that, that might put me, put me into an, a, some, a, diff, a situation that becomes a bit more difficult. You don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. Or that girl. Right? No, no. And I've, it's made me a better customer for yeah. sure. Um, you know, certainly if I, I see someone in, in with the in training badge on at Tim's, you know, or something and they're, they're screwing up the order. I'm, I'm, not going to come down on them and just say, oh, hey, you'll get it. You're doing great. You know, good luck with stuff, right? Um, and minor things like that. And I, and I have to say that I've learned something the other way as well. Had an issue this, this year with a, um, with a large corporation that I had ordered something and, you know, was, was just being given a complete runaround with a contract and, and being, you know, very conscious for a couple of months of not being that guy, oh yeah, we got it delayed. These things happen, no worries, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually, it it got to the point where I realized that this was never going to happen. Mm. Um, and I started to read some reviews of this business that were basically the same experience, and <laughs> things were not. So I had to actually take the other track, and that was to become become that guy for a few days. To get this to happen, and and in my head I'm thinking, oh, I'm I'm being terrible, but sure enough, that worked. Mm-hmm. Right? Knowing that the person on the other end of that phone 
does not want to spend another day dealing with me. So they're going to, you know, serve my request. <laughs> and it's, I, I always found it, you know, the people that I talked to along the way in that journey, I made sure like just to understand, I know this isn't you and I know this wasn't your fault and, and I don't want to be this guy. But um, so I've, I kind of turned that knowledge around and used it that way as well. Uh, I'm somewhat ashamed to say, I guess. <laughs> it's something that um, that I don't miss. You know, I, I never was able to handle conflict very well. And either way, either being one who was creating the conflict or conflict or one who was on the receiving end of it. And I think when I walked away from the business – and I know that you know you that that first summer because we we closed the business in June, so leading in to a very busy summer, and that that was it as far as I was concerned. And I know that you dealt with quite a few issues through that first summer, and um, and I you know I'll say sorry now <laughs> for not helping you out on that one. But but again, dealing with them, you know, from a from a different perspective. Um, you know, when we when we hired someone to take that on, mm-hmm. our our rationale for doing that was they wouldn't have skin in the game, right? It's you know, they're they're just dealing with it very agnostically. Yeah. Whereas for an owners of a business or the owner of the cottage, it's very personal. And things where you get into a he said, she said, especially things about cleanliness, where an owner says, I've left this sparkling clean and the guest arrive and says it's filthy. Well, when it's that far apart, either you have widely differing standards or someone's not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And we have no way of knowing who that is, but we're caught in the middle of it, right? Um, we're the only persons who, who haven't been there, and yet we're the ones expected to come to a resolution. And that, that, that was always the most stressful for me is things that didn't have a clear path. Like if something broke, you know, if, if plumbing failed, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the guests, the guests, you know, Sure, we'll give them give them some uh, a bit of leash to be angry and and yell at us because yeah, it's their vacation for sure, and we we get that the owner's frustrated, um, and that's fine too. So we can take a little bit of both of that, but the path is clear, right? Everybody's working toward the same goal. Everyone's version of what happened is the same. It's it's when you get differing stories that was that was the really tough bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, you, you you just recalled then, you know, when we first brought somebody in to deal with that, to deal with those those yeah. issues, um, just happened to be your son, the very first law student that we brought in. And I think that was probably one of the best things we, we did. And I the, the premise was, and, and this is what we learned from the owner of another rental company, one of our com- competitors, who I met at a VRMA conference, and and I think I we 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 met we had coffee we were chatting and I said so what's what's the best thing you've ever done for your business and he said absolute best thing we've ever done was to hire a law student to look after our issues in the summer and I said tell me about this and he said yeah second year law students they've probably done uh, courses on mediation arbitration these types of things and they want to practice this. And and this is what we did. I came back. I remember coming back and mentioning this to you. And you said, oh, Austin's a law student. <laughs> and he came and joined us for that summer and was amazing. And he, what, what was the expression that he used in a, in a letter that we used for years and years afterwards? I'm not sure. Oh, the full force of the law. <laughs> oh, that, that was actually later. That was Jacob. Oh, was it? All right. Yeah, that was that was a later student. That was three or four years into that uh, into that sequence, and just just for listeners, um, you mentioned that we eventually made that a permanent position, and you know we hired somebody who's still in that role and does it marvelously. Um, but yeah, it was it was prototyped and and uh, you know fabulous advice, certainly to get someone just to deal with those things. I mean the other the other thing that we learned from from that uh, owner was the, the saying that you, that you told me was what is the cost of being right mm-hmm. and how, how much we use that through yes. the years of our business. I, I think that was maybe the, the, one of the biggest learnings of all, you know, 
consider the cost. And no matter how much you retold yourself, it was always you, you know, pulling back from something and saying, I don't need to be right about this. Mm-hmm. I need to make an effective business decision to make this conclude satisfactorily for as many people as possible. And, you know, if that means I'm wrong or, or even if I am right, I, I don't have to be seen to be right or I don't have to prove it. Right? Yeah. I don't need to be right on this. Yeah. yeah. It, that's it, a tough thing. That's very tough. It is tough when, because you think you're, you know, you're letting them get away with it. And I know Phil used to say that, well, you're letting them get away with it. But no, you know, what we're taking away, they may get away with it. They may do it again. We are, we're not in control of what they do with the rest of their lives. And as carrying on with with an issue is not going to make them different. It's not going to make them behave any differently in the future. So mm. if you just back off, let it go, we are going to feel better. If they feel better, that's fine. Well, I don't care. But we are going to feel better too. One of the things I remember is, is we had a guest who was very angry right from day one. And became very unpleasant to deal with and we sort of nursed him through that week and then I remember going to this cottage to do a photo update and seeing how it had not sort of been kept up and seeing exactly what he meant Mm -hmm. and getting his full experience and saying oh I understand now perhaps he could have presented it better and and in truth had he his presentation been a little more effective or a little more, what's what's the word? Something that emphasizes more a teamwork as approaches mm-hmm. less less confrontational. Yeah, I think I think we probably could have done something a lot more. But his the way the the problem was approached, it immediately became confrontational, and both of us couldn't just yeah. just couldn't wait finish that week. But uh, yeah, I remember getting that experience maybe the, the about a year or two years later, and thinking, ah, oh, you know, it would have been nice to have this information. Mm-hmm. then because i think my response would have been different because you know we've we've spent some time talking about um errant owners or errant guests but i uh, you know in 20 years i'm sure we we made our uh, a share of of things i think there was properties that we had listed and maybe missed things on or um you know key items that um mm-hmm. say oh i forgot to mention that this was the case or i think there was one I did up on Kuchiching that I was spoken with the owner and they had talked about maybe getting internet, but never did. And they, in fairness to them, they never confirmed it with me. And we had gone ahead and listed it. And uh, we had a very angry guest who absolutely needed that internet when they were there. And, and that was a case of, oh yeah, yeah, we screwed that one up. But wasn't wasn't yeah, that was, one where you where you got in the car and you drove there with a I, with a Rogers stick? I did. <laughs> yep, yeah, with a stick that that I still have um, <laughs> because we we did retrieve it at the end of the summer. But you know that was, in fairness, that was a case for the guest to be mm-hmm. legitimately angry with us. So yeah, it, it costs a day of driving and and. Uh, fair bit of coin just to, to subscribe and get that all that internet but one of those things so but I think we're part of her stories now too this company did this so <laughs> every everybody has a story um, and and hers on on us is a complimentary too so the the I think the stories that always the ones the worst ones for me was those calls we'd get on Saturday night at at 5 30 6 o'clock two hours after check-in from you know the lead guest saying I think I've been scammed. Oh and yes, they've, yeah. They've 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 rented something out of a paper somewhere off of off of an internet um, classified site without doing a lot of research, and then sent money, you know, through wire transfer or something, only to discover that what they rented didn't exist. And and I always always felt so bad for those families because they've driven up mm-hmm. with all this anticipation and. And just get there, and this growing realization—you know—you'd have to go through all seven stages of grief in about a half an hour, and you know, just the 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 realization that that you've been taken for your money, and that that used to all at once infuriate me that somebody would do this to people, and and just feeling so much for these people, and and on you know, I think we'd get at least one of those calls every summer, mm-hmm. and sometimes we were able to help them, which to me was 
great. We, I think more than one occasion we called an owner ex- who had a week free and explain to them what had happened and say, you know, can you help us out? Can you know, it, just to make it clear, these people hadn't booked through us. They had just mm-hmm. found us because they were trying to salvage, you know, a vacation at the last minute, but we were able to get them a deal and get them into a place and at, at least, you know, salvage something in the vacation. But that was, that was always the, the worst story to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Well, we have we have come up to our time, and and I know we could talk for another hour or two <laughs> or three, and maybe we will in the future. Maybe we'll do this again, and just uh, because we didn't we didn't actually touch on any of the wildlife stories, and there's so many of those, um, so we'll probably come back and and do maybe a part two. But uh, Craig, it's been absolute pleasure chatting with you again, just reliving some of this. Is it a re- is it a pleasure reliving some of this? Oh, it, abs- it absolutely is, um, because <laughs> even even the uh, the ridiculous stuff I can still laugh at. And, and we do have to write the book. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Loons, the working title is Loons at the Lake. I, lo- I love that. So, yeah, uh, there's there's lots I still have. So if you want to do episode two of this, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. But for now, um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let you go. It's a Saturday evening. It's just before New Year's Eve. And you don't have to... Deal with guests this weekend, right? <laughs> not at all. Not even not even the guests here. They're the ones we had at our place left yesterday. So there'll be a quiet New Year's. Oh, well, I wish you a very happy New Year. We will get together when I get back in April and we will do that bike ride. I will watch you um, use all that leg power going up the hills. Well, <laughs> I just press my throttle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank Take you care. so much. Great speaking with you. Well, that was great. Great conversation with Craig. I haven't talked to him for a couple of months, so it was a good catch-up and a real, really good trip down memory lane, all those stories. So we did say there were so many stories we wanted to tell and we just ran out of time. So we're going to be doing a part two of that in a, in a couple of months. And um, as I said at, at the beginning, we're going to do a bit of a shift on the podcast, um, probably from about April onwards. I'm making a little bit of a shift towards a more narrative, more story-based show. And because of that, we need stories. You heard Craig and I telling our stories. We'd want to hear yours. So if you'd like to be on the show, if you have a story to tell about this business and it would be interesting for other people to hear it, then we'd like to hear from you. Please email me at heather at vacationrentalformula.com. Let me know your story. Kerry Gibson did this. Kerry Gibson from Chalet Huga, who will be joining me on the podcast next week to talk about community partnerships. She sent me an email a, a year or so back and said you were asking for stories and and I've got one. And she shared her story with me and then we had her on the podcast and I was so happy to be at the presentation that Kerry did at the Vacation Rental Women's Summit in Nashville just a few short weeks ago. And Kerry is really out there now in the industry sharing her story and you could be doing exactly the same. So please don't be shy. Send me an email. And, and we can we can chat and see how your story could fit in to one of our upcoming episodes. So that's it for this first episode of the new year. There's going to be a lot of changes coming from us. You'll be hearing about them soon. And there's a big month of February, the big month of February coming up, which we're calling our stir crazy month, where we'll be spending each week of the month. And we've actually given February five weeks because we're talking about safety, sustainability, trust, insurance and regulations. And each week we'll have one of those themes. So you'll be hearing about that a little bit more. Well, in fact, a lot more over the next few weeks as we lead up into our stir crazy month, because we want to bring these core issues to the forefront of everybody's mind We want to make sure you really are thinking about safety, sustainability, trust, insurance and regulations. 
that's it for me, from me, for another week. Looking forward so much to being with you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by Minute. Don't forget to check the link in the description of this episode to meet Minute and discover the best smart device you will ever integrate into your short-term rental business to help protect your investment and keep your neighbors happy. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.